Is this gives us a, a warm welcome. The purpose of this evening, and I'll repeat myself uh, about how we approach Bible study just so we get it, because it's every two weeks before we come back. And there will be some complicated words the Bible uses, but we're going to have to get right doing to a level that I understand. And I'm hoping if I understand it, and I'm a dafty, then you can maybe understand it as well. But we are not here to try and become Bible scholars, to learn the Greek, to learn the Hebrew, so that then we can go and leave and think, well, I'm really, really brainy. We come to Bible study like kids, and I think Ruth said it last week, we come to drink for the wellspring of salvation. My heart for Bible study, and I'm sure your heart is as well, that we approach this book to see Jesus. And if even if you look through the Old Testament stories, or yearning is, that somehow the God would shine his light so that we would see Jesus and see us in relation him. So we just want to chill, relax, nobody's got to be put under pressure, there's no exams, this is brothers and sisters in Christ coming in God's world and before you leave here, if you have just, not just gained a bit of knowledge, but in a revelation of how Jesus is and how you are in him, then that's a good night, isn't it? Yeah. Like you didn't get out on Netflix. <laughs> you didn't get out at 7.45 and BBC 4 a night in Scotland's Plain England. So I'd rather be here. Jesus is my Lord. So. Okay. Right, we'll pray. Jesus, we come here like little children coming to the feasting table of our good Father. And I thank you that you're already here to feed us. You love us, and this is your word. We pray for your gentleness, your spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that we might know Jesus. We humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And God, would you raise up people that would truly know you when they hear just again little bits of knowledge and for a qualification. You have already qualified us with the blood of Jesus. And we enter in through faith, a relationship with a resurrected, exalted King. And so use me and use this time that will be good seed landing in good soil. We pray for the spirit of joy, the spirit of love, and the spirit of gentleness and compassion as we dwell together in unity. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay. So, I'm going to do a quick recap of the hell of the last session so that we can farm our launching into this evening. And then we'll just expand on this world salvation. Fit Paul writes in Romans. Don't memorize the verse to do with the good news. Amanda, I knew you would. You care if I'm going to say the next Go for it. Okay. The good news is about his son and his earthly life. He was born into King David's family line. He was shown to be the son of God 
when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ. He is Jesus Christ. I think she had said when the Pope was going to DS the Lord that was speaking her about memorising scripture. Okay, so we said last week, right, that the whole theme of Romans is this Paul is, through the Holy Spirit, Paul is telling the world that is salvation. Fit is the meaning of salvation. And now it's just three words that sound really complicated, but I'm going to make them really simple. Justification, which says that through faith we are justified through the blood of Jesus. So that's Christ's historical work. That 2,000 years ago, he died for you. He died for your sin, the sins you have ever committed, the sins you commit the day, and the sins you will ever commit. It's what Jesus did on the cross. It justifies us that there was a holy God and sinful humanity that could not be bridged, but Jesus came, shed his blood on the cross. So I would take communion every week from a come to church, proclaiming that there's a hope in the gospel. There's a way that we can go to heaven. And the only way we can go to heaven is because Jesus historically came and died on the cross. We are justified. Also, this complicated word, sanctification, we said it meant set, uh, set apart, the washing. It is that Jesus does in your work, your life, not that he has historically done, but fit he does the day. There's a scripture that says that we are saved through his life. The life of Christ, you become born again, his spirit dwells within us, we become a temple of the Holy Spirit, and Christ within us the day is a presence in our life that we can rely on and can that he is working in his character and his fruit in our life. The Bible calls it sanctification. You're being washed, you're being changed. You as a sinful woman or a sinful man, you got saved because of what Jesus did on the cross. He's in your life today, changing you to be like him. Glorification. There's a scripture that says that salvation is nearer the day than it was the day we first believed. That there will be a day that the presence and the power of sin will be done away with. And we will see Jesus face to face. Some of the people that we've known and loved on earth are already there, here a party with Jesus, where we are going through the trials of this life, but our sure and certain hope is this, that because of Jesus, that we have a future hope we have. So it's Jesus' work historically, in our life new, and in the future. Grace to begin with, grace in the middle, and grace will lead us home. So, sometimes we just think if I was to say, before we started Romans, you would say, well, I'm saved. Some people would say, well, I'm saved, that means I'm going to heaven. 
Some folk would say, well, I'm saved, my sins are forgiven. Some would say, I'm saved, God's in my heart today. God doesn't split up his salvation into three different compartments. If you are saved, salvation in God's eyes is all that for you. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. So the scripture that Amanda shared, this was Paul, so I'm not going to read the hail of Romans 1. We've got to touch on different things. The good news is about his son in his earthly life who was born in the King David's family line, who was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. So last week we spoke on mere the plan of salvation. The Apostle Paul never seen salvation as a thing. What did he say? The good news is about his son. He never said the good news is about this plan of salvation that I want to tell you about. He brought it back for Paul it was this. The good news is never about a plan of salvation. It's about the person or the son. This is Jesus Christ. You might think, well, that's just words. Surely if we speak about the plan or salvation, it's just the same as saying the good news is about Jesus. It can be the same, but there can be differences. And I think it's this, that we can get it with your brain, the plan of salvation. But Paul didn't want us to get with our brains a plan of salvation. He wanted to get us with our heart and spirit, a relationship with Jesus. Because you might have learned about the plan of salvation 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 10 years ago. Maybe a new saved into the plan of salvation. But... Do we still seek a relationship with Jesus? If somebody speaks to me, if I'm at Elam conference and it's, oh, tell me about your life, are you married? I didn't just tell them my plan for marriage and take out a screenshot on my marriage certificate and say, look, I'm married, I can point you to the date, I can point you to the certificate that can show you the plan and the details. I will maybe take out my phone and show them my wife. <laughs> or if she's there, I'll introduce you to how. Paul is saying that this salvation is a person and his name is Jesus. I think that's a good far back. If you're ever struggling, if you're getting your hair cut, the barber or the hairdresser, or you're at your different places you go, and what do you believe? Or for you doing this way, I'm going to go to church. What do you believe? This is good, because we can say, let me tell you the good news about Jesus. And I can't have with the Bible. And I can't hang about the, the mysteries of the Bible. I can't quote scripture like anybody else. 
But I can tell you about the good news about Jesus. So he says us, the good news is about his son, Jesus. So we can, with this incredibly nifty, Thank you for your tithes and offerings. <laughs> just go extreme, right? <laughs> so he never presented, although last week we said, look, this is the plan of salvation. This is what Romans is about. Paul, at the very start, is saying, I mean, I want to tell you the plan so you can work it out and you can learn it through knowledge. I tell you about the good news. It's about a person. For the family line of David, this is a preordained, predestined plan, proven to be the Son of God, through the raising of the dead, through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus Christ. This is the one I want to speak about. So he is salvation. So he is our justification. He is our sanctification, the one that's working in our life today. He is. Because of him, we will get to meet him face to face. Because of him, our sins are forgiven. And he says that's good news. So you can also find yes. Just put good news. I think sometimes we forget that it's good news to our mankind the message of Jesus. And so Paul has said from the very start, I've got good news to share, it's about Jesus. So it's good news about your history. But you might say, oh, I've got a bad history. I was a wreck. I was a mess. I was a sinner, I was lost, I was bitter, I was twisted, I was an abuser. But Jesus has got good news to say about your bad news. He's, it's only ever good news. The gospel is never less than good news. So in terms of your history, God's got good news to to share. Yeah. And you might say, but Kevin, nobody kens us, but you still there. I just went mental. I went in a rage or I went bang at it. I did something I deeply regret. That's bad news. But the gospel's good news. And the message of Jesus that if ever you did, you still there, God's got something good to say about it. That you are forgiven, that you can be cleansed, that his mercy never fails, that his grace is sufficient. There's nothing you can do or say that will leap you from a place of absolute security in his hands to a place of complete lostness. There's never a lie back. It's good news for your history. And if that wasn't the case, I wouldn't be here Mr. Ewing's going to be either. And it's good news about your present condition. You've got Jesus in your life. 
I presume, and not since you came in the Bible study, <laughs> that this isn't the Alpha course, that you might think, well, I was forgiven, I get at. But think about this. You have the indwelling presence of Christ. That's now my promise to you. That is biblically sound, repeated time and time again in the new covenant. You have within you the hope of glory, Jesus Christ. You can rely on his peace, his wisdom, and never a moment that you do not hear. I'm not saying every second or every day or every moment you experience the peace, but you have got to know that God's got something good to say about you now. There's good news now that Christ is in my life. I'm lacking a lot of things in life. I would like a fancier car. I would like a bigger house. I would like a better behaved dog. <laughs> I've a lot of luck. But for you think that you have Christ in your life now, you cannot tell me that's not good news and enough for you. If it may, could God give you a big car will not solve your problems. My money in the bank might solve some of your problems. I'm not going to lie. But what more do you need really than the riches of the glory of Christ right with you now? You might feel like a failure or a dad, a failure or a mom, a failure or a son, a failure or a daughter. You're going to up to the mark. Things are not going great work. But hey, you have Jesus. That's right. You have Jesus now within you. God's very, very best. He's ultimate. All the riches, all the wisdom of heaven is found in Christ. You are his and he is yours. It's good news for the day. And the last good news that we're all waiting for. <laughs> as I've said last week, one of us has experienced it and came back to tell us Exactly how it looked. And the Apostle Paul, as we go on in Romans, he says, I went in the third heaven and didn't care if he was dead or alive and he seen things so magnificent and so awesome that he dare not even speak or even try to describe the glory and the majesty of heaven. We unveiled eyes, we will behold King Jesus. And then there'll be creatures we've never seen before, colours we've never seen before, fruit we've never tasted before, animals we've never tried to train before. <laughs> and I'll be at And that's good news. We <laughs> are going to heaven. Because the other option, I lost eternity. Well that's bad news. But God our your life and for anybody who would believe. It's got no one thing of bad news to say about your future. You're not going to lost eternity. You're not going to the place of pain and suffering for Jesus, isn't it? A place of hatred, darkness, or the worm never dies. The good news. Christ will take us home. So that should cheer us up. In the gospel, I think when it comes to this specifically, we can miss that the good news is actually Christ with us. We can think 
in terms of healing, that can people have been healed here of sicknesses or disease. And that's it's great news when somebody gets delivered from sickness. But I would say greater than that is hearing Christ with you when you get bad news. Because doctors can give people medication that can prolong life. But I would rather hear Jesus on a bad day than live a day getting the good getting the good news for the doctor but be with through Jesus. And I think that's a miracle that the church has got to really appreciate. I believe in signs and wonders and miracles of power, of deliverance and healing, and I've experienced it and seen it. Yet I've also been at the graveside. I've also had the funerals of people that I thought should have got a fairly longer and then you realise the greatest miracle is hearing Jesus yes. through our every moment of every day. Okay, so that's high and lofty. That's available to us. I'm going to ask Isabel just in a second. I've got to pick somebody close to the ear for the, for the sake of the podcast. For the sake of the people that couldn't mark it. Because... If all this is available, how do we, how do we get, how do we receive it? There's this Jesus that can be us in our life, it's full salvation, it's good news. I want it. How do I enter into a full experience of salvation? Isabel, if you read verse 16 of chapter 1. And 17, verse 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. You can change one thing in your routine. Sorry, Beth is planning our life. Wow. We change one thing in your routine. I got a volume to it. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. As the scriptures say, I think Romans is the largest percentage of verses pertaining to the Old Covenant. He tells us time and time again, he takes scriptures, I think it's about 60 times, he will use the Old Testament. Some people think the Gospel is wrapped up in the New Testament, and that's why we should concentrate on the Old Testament, just part to one side, not really that relevant. That's not what Paul's saying. The Gospel is from Genesis to Revelation. Does it get shadows and pictures in the Old Covenant? It's confirmed and made reality in the New Covenant. It's amazing. I love reading the Old Testament and then I get a revelation of Jesus and far he is and how I respond in my life. And you see Abraham walking up that mountain and want to sacrifice his son Isaac through faith. For do you see? 
Abraham a dad who had sacrificed a son, you see Jesus is a great provider of salvation. So it's just worth mentioning stuff like that for Bible study. Then I knock off the Old Testament because I need to get the life of Jesus and he's only contained between Matthew and Revelations. No, he is the word of God, became flesh. And he's constantly revealed through his word. Okay. So if that's just what God sees as complete salvation, I want it. I want to step in and there. Knowledge of that is, but I want to experience salvation. So Paul writes, this good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished fun from start to finish. Paul is very clear from here to here and our thing in between Faith. Faith. It is accomplished from start to finish. Your whole salvation, the whole package, everything pertaining to this faith. Faith in Jesus. That's big news. Sometimes I have thought, I'll tell you about my background, so I, 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 I thought like that. Many um, came my story, went to Teen Challenge. Teen Challenge, place I got saved. The Teen Challenge is a very regimental program. Am I right, Sarah? Yes. Yeah, you have to be in Tabat residence. You didn't get a long line. <laughs> it was, I think it was quarter past seven. I had to get up, or maybe seven o'clock, feet on the flea by the time the staff member came round. Then you had to get up, the first thing you did, dust. Oh, I. And then, hoover, your bedroom. Every single morning. Then you'd get a room check, and the staff member would come in, and oh, a bit like, go like this. How long you had uh, your bed, your window, your skirting boards, and if there was dust, <coughs> you got a white ticket. They would sign that your bedroom wasn't up to scratch, it would go to your personal advisor, and you went that week, he would have a white ticket, and you've been bad. <laughs> Mama, you bad. <laughs> you were on pot scrubs for that. The hell basis of the Teen Challenge program was a discipleship scenario of loving Jesus and getting extremely good habits in your system. So it's like this you're extremely bad, then we try and make you extremely good. Hopefully, when you leave, you're somewhere in the middle. It's to do with discipline. You have to be at a certain place at a certain time. It's as you do good, you'll get to the program, you'll get treats. You be bad, 
we always draw the treats, which happened on more than one occasion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one horror story. So I was due to go home for the weekend. I had phoned my dad, it was all planned. And then we'd uh, eight hour journey doing to Wales for a teen challenge graduation. And I, you're not allowed to listen to non-Christian music on the programme. I was on phase three. This guy that was further along in my, he was phase four, so he got a cassette player, a man's cassette. <laughs> I got a cassette player in the back of the minibus. He was listening to Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mine. And he should have been listening to Nuns and Moses and something like that. <laughs> so, he says to me, an eight-hour journey, Kevin, do you fancy... I listen. Cheers, Barry. <laughs> and, uh, I listen to it. Of course! Somebody else seen me be the villain. And, oh, Kevin's on phase three. He shouldn't have been listening to Akiset Blair. So before I came in from we got back for the graduation, Jeff Allen, he was a fiery character. <laughs> my office. I thought, oh, my office. Mm -hmm. Aye, so he was a boss, he was a manager. Great guy, but had his feelings as well. So uh, <laughs> into his office. And was you listening to secular music in the wedding, the graduation? Yes, I was, Jay. He says, well, there was another guy in the minibus that got convicted on your behalf. <laughs> they could not sleep at night because of your son in the camp. I'm dramatising things, I believe. It's not fitting. But he got convicted on my behalf. And he says, Kevin, you're supposed to be a man of conviction. I'd have preferred if you came and said, I'm like, okay, sorry, blah, blah, blah. For that... You've lost your weekend, him. Can it wouldn't be like that new seller, would it? No. Boy, it's not driving at the train station. Bye, I don't know why. Anyway, two, three days before going him, I booked a train for Berwick to Aberdeen, and I phoned my dad. Oh, I see, he's near. He's near. He's not there on the Kelp conviction thing and said, Dan, I'm sorry. I'm not coming home this weekend. Very done. Very done. Sure, it was something big if you went out. Very done. Ah, listen, they guns and closes. And that's the basis of the Hell program. And I think because of that, that's how I see my Heavenly Father. I'm the addition to the Teen Challenge program. I'm here as a fruit ladder and forever. Jay decided to do maybe it did something within me that I just needed to be humble and learn how to deal with discipline, right? So I have heen the, the attitude of I can save, save through faith, of course, historical, but when it comes to the sanctification work and Jesus working his life in me, I have sometimes, I've got to say, to, and it causes my restlessness to think that me getting better and being more like Jesus is about me, is about my effort, about for half the day, 
And if I didn't do it, I think, oh, he's not going to be pleased with me. And fasting becomes hunger strike to try and twist his arm and do him to do something that he's not really wanting to do. And I've taken my eyes off of Christ being the one that works his life in me to it being me. So I've got to do it. So I've got to be more like Jesus. I've got to work a suit that it's got to be my effort. And I tell you, I fail every time. And it makes me feel really restless. And it makes me feel really hopeless. And that's why I'm maybe majoring on lots of the good news that we'll receive through faith. You've got to can. It's from beginning to end received through faith in Jesus. And we get to rest in that assurance. How is Jesus moving in your life today? Well, it's through faith. So it's worth caring for faith is. At the end, I was going to touch on more scriptures today with Paul, but I think I'll park that and go for that in two weeks' time, okay? Just so it's not too much. Faith consistently, continually, through the Word of God, is your spiritual eyes. That's the easiest way I can bet. That we've got natural eyes, haven't we? That we look to the world and we look, and I can see you, Ains. I can see your smiley faces. I can see some of you are studying and they are interested. And this is through these eyes. I can see the beauty of the world. I can see the chaos of the world. But that faith is when you approach Jesus through the eyes of your heart. For you behold them and it's spiritual. For God is spirit. Faith. Looking not through these eyes, but looking through the eyes to see Jesus. Your prayer is open eyes or heart so that we might see Jesus did you look for Christ for salvation did you look to Christ to forgive your sins that's faith do you look to Christ to make you be like him that's faith do you look to Christ that one day he'll take you him. That's faith. If you look to you to be like him, you'll flash your heart. But if you look to Jesus to be like him, you can rest. Your prayer life takes on a different form. You can become less panicky, less self-condemnation, Let's feel like you're continuous in the mark, but keep your eyes upon Jesus. And we might say, but there's a scripture. If it's just all about faith, and it's never about works, it's never about deeds, and they say throughout things, if I believe the scripture that says faith without works is dead, this I think would be Paul's take, right? You enter into an experience 
for full salvation through keeping your eyes on faith. Jesus. And if you have all that going on in your life, you have through faith received forgiveness of sins. You have through faith the working of Christ in your life. You have through faith in Christ Jesus. You know that you're heaven bound. You can that this world is temporary. And the things, the glimmer and the glitz of this world is a shrinking violet and it will be given away to glory one day. If you have all that, then works will follow. Mm -hmm. You can't hear that as a person and your life may change. Mm -hmm. That's the Paul way. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Are his moral um, order, a marriage and everything comes at the end of the book. Because somebody that is experiencing salvation well, in some shape or form display Jesus to the world. I would say, Paul would say, it is impossible for you to have your eyes on Jesus and to remain the same. To have your eyes on Jesus and to be the exact same person you was in five years' time to you was five years before. How could you possibly be the same? You're forgiven. You're a new creation. So you will be more generous. Not because you just get up one morning and say, I need to be more generous. You have through faith and and Christ changes your heart and you become more generous because Christ is generous. You forgive as Christ has forgiven you. Hopefully, if you've been saved 5 years, 10 years, 20 years, you're more a forgiven person today than you was when you got saved. Is that because you've tried harder to forgive and you've been through the meditations and you've hummed and head and you've done the, the, you've read the books, you've read the how-tos, is that how you become more forgiven? Paul would say no. Through faith. You've kept your eyes on Jesus. Not perfect faith. Sometimes it's weak faith. faith. Sometimes it's faith that you feel as though it's dwindling. But you've been at revival moments. And you've set your eyes upon Jesus again. And slowly, surely, not an instant, not through a bolt of lightning, but through his life, through you, he becomes and lives his life through you, becoming more like him. Are you sweet, my way up? How do you live the Christian life? But start to finish through faith. First faith, it's looking. How do you live a Christian life? Look to Jesus. If you're ever struggling and you kind of work on things, look to Jesus in prayer. Open up his world. Look to him. First Corinthians. 13 says that. So just to, to, to end the faith and works thing, I think that, that 
Faith without works is dead. It means that if your faith is in Jesus, works will follow. It's a fruit of salvation. It's not the root of salvation. You're not saved because you do good deeds to the poor. You're not saved because you forgive people. The root of salvation is Jesus. The fruit of salvation is the things we do. The helping the poor, the forgiving, the nice gestures, the kindness, the goodness, the self-control. Okay. 1 Corinthians 13, 31 says that. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 38, 31 says us. And I'm going King James Version. Does understand with King James Version? I just read it in this version and I thought, that's where I'm at. And it, really the wording is a lot better than the NLT and the NIV. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us. Christ Jesus, of God, is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Why is Romans at the start of the explanation books? Because I think after Romans, I was little bits that go back to Romans. If I said that wrong scripture, was that, was that the right scripture? Yeah. I think we got it doing wrong. 1 Corinthians 1, 30, 31. Mm-hmm. Aye, okay. 1 Corinthians 1, 30, 31. Is that right, right? Yeah, it is. Okay. You are in Christ Jesus, who of God, he's made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. And that, according to his reign, he that glorious, let him glory in the Lord. He that boss, boss in the Lord. I'm just saying that it agrees with what we are speaking about in Corinthians, that Christ is for us, are these things. I'll end we the story for Zacchaeus which found in Luke chapter 19 so from we started this two weeks ago we said this Matthew to Acts with events that happened that was the action books and you get to Romans and from there on that explains the truth of it we witnessed through Matthew to Acts so you will see things in Romans you think, yeah, I've seen it in that guy's life. So when I was thinking of us, I started to think of Zacchaeus. Luke 19. How are we doing for time? Okay, doing fine. Luke 19, 1 to 10. We're speaking about salvation, looking to Jesus. Luke 19. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region. He'd become very rich. He tried to get a look. What have we said faith is? Looking at Jesus. This guy is trying to get a look at Jesus. He's on a faith journey. But he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. So I'm in this faith journey. You've just a deep for you've got today to get a glimpse of Jesus. You've got to study the Old Testament. You've got to study the New Testament to get a glimpse of Jesus. 
you learn fellowship together. And each word when we come out together in Bible study and prayer, Sunday services. What we're looking for? A glimpse of Jesus. Sometimes it's easy. And sometimes it's like we're drinking at the wellsprings of life. Jesus himself. Sometimes it's more of a Zacchaeus journey. Or, and this guy has to keep on going here. Keep on being eager. Just, then I give up. Then I give up coming along. Then I give up keeping your eyes on Jesus. We are failed. We are far short. You just got to keep on going. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. The people were displeased. He has gone to the guest of a notorious sinner. This guy doesn't look saved. He's notorious. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and says, I will give half my wealth to the poor. Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, <coughs> Salvation has come to this home today. This man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that who are lost. Incredible story, and I would love to preach it. But I'm just kind of land with just a few observations. This guy was looking, it's a story of faith. He sets his eyes upon Jesus, Jesus sets his eyes upon him. Come and embrace each other. Zacchaeus invites him to his home, Jesus goes. And through that salvation experience, Christ coming for hand salvation, fit as he did, he gets a recognition. Hold on, I'm a cheat. I have stolen. I need to do some good deeds here. If I told them to do anything, if I told them, did Jesus say, well, hold on, before you're saved, you might say you're going to pay these people back? I need you to go and do it. Once you go and do it, come back and I'll save you. Did I see, only other scribe tell Zacchaeus for the day. Did only other disciples say, look, I've walked with Jesus and this is the expectation for grace that if you get saved and you have to prove to Jesus that your life's changed. Zacchaeus simply encountered salvation and Jesus through looking and embracing him. And it was so real. There was something within Zacchaeus. That came alive and thought. Can somehow? Mm -hmm. I thought my life was about money. It really didn't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. If I've cheated on day four times. I came back. And Jesus says. Salvation has been shown. In Zacchaeus' life. Why? Now, because he promised anything to the poor or to the folk that he cheered. Because through faith, he encountered for Jesus is, in an instant, boom. And he said some things right. And Jesus at that point, I must stress, it was at that point. Now after, now right, I need to head back. If you prove yourself to be holy enough, if you follow through in your good deeds, 
Then I'll say, salvation's come to Zacchaeus' house. He says, oh, no, 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 no. This guy's good. Salvation has come to his house. That's good news. It's a journey of faith. I'm going to end there. Hopefully that made sense. Hopefully you got the good news. Hopefully that is okay. Next week, I'll maybe just speak up. Paul's attitude and he likes to open another verse later. It's phenomenal. He starts by saying, I am a slave. <laughs> I'll cheer you up. I'll cheer you up. So we've got to be cheered up next time because two weeks after that, and this is the bit we did I like, he's about to lose Abedee by telling less than the sins and proving that the whole of humanity is completely lost without faith. And the good news shines brightest against the backdrop of the bad news. So that'll be a cheery moment for us. <laughs> okay, let's play it and you can go right back. Jesus, we thank you for the gospel, the good news. I pray as we sit here, that it isn't been a knowledge moment, but Christ, you have been glorified and magnified through our time. And God, would you take to remembrance at that point that we're feeling like we're failing, we're feeling like we're lost, we're feeling like we might be going to a bad place, that at that moment you would reassure us with the good news. You came and seeking to save that which was lost. And you saw us out, you found us, and help us as a church to enter in, not to a plan of salvation, but an experience of the person and presence of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. We love you, Jesus. We set our eyes upon you. We set our eyes upon you. As we set our eyes upon you, Jesus, ah, the cares, the worries of the world just dwindle away because you're so good, so strong, you're so majestic, your love is so awesome in our lives. Far else would we rather be than in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm named for singing hymns or quoting hymns, but I was just thinking, of, I can't kind of my words sometimes. It was your simple refrain, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Oh, okay. Look okay. at the original. Look 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 at the